Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I'm going to be talking with Beth Lauren about how Ayurvedic lifestyle helped her overcome her PTSD. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the Brain Health magazine. Additionally, I've published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, my guest is Beth Lauren, and she has spent over a decade in the film industry as a writer, producer, and director. She poignantly and humorously documents the devastating journey to produce her second feature in her memoir, Reeling, Misadventures in Movie Making, Money, and Love. She is a certified Ayurveda wellness counselor and is the owner of Sangha NYC, where she offers virtual and in-person Ayurvedic counseling services and products. Sangha NYC enjoys a partnership with Neurogam one of India's largest and most trusted suppliers of Ayurvedic medicines. Beth is the WellTech World Summit organizer, which is taking place in Dublin, Dublin, Ireland, March 2022. Welcome to the podcast, Beth. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with you. Well, I am thrilled to hear what you have to say today. I think, you know, PTSD is something that I don't think enough people understand. I think people tend to think, oh, that's just something veterans have. Um, But many of us are carrying PTSD in our bodies um, just from instances that happen in our lives. Um, And I know you're going to share your story in a moment, but um, you know, I fell on the ice back in February, 2014 and sustained a traumatic brain injury. And to this day, when it is icy out, I still have trouble getting out and, and walking and being on ice because it just, it's gotten much better over the years, but it's still, it just brings back those memories of falling and really hurting myself. And so it can be something major and it can be something somewhat minor, um, that, that can cause PTSD. So I love that we're bringing, um, some more attention to it and bringing it to the forefront today. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I, uh, I could relate 100% to your experience. And, um, I think the mind body connection is becoming like, there hasn't been enough like science or like study devoted to it. And I think that people are really paying attention to it now. And, they're really looking to ancient modalities that really talk about body, mind, and spirit, um, and how we're, it's all connected. Um, and also, like I, my my experience, like what you just described, like trauma really lives in your body mm-hmm. for a really, really yes. long time. So, a little background on my story: um, I'm 55. Um, when I was 12 years old, I was abducted um, and sexually assaulted with my best friend from junior high over the Thanksgiving weekends. So uh, lucky, to, lucky to make it back alive because, you know, generally in abduction cases, when you're taken off site, 
more times than not, you don't come back. Um, and we were lucky that we survived, but um, I was sexually assaulted for an entire night. Um, and so the trauma of that really has lived in my brain and body forever. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get the help I needed when I was young. Um, my family um, just didn't understand it. God love them. They just thought if we didn't talk about it and we pretended it didn't happen, it would go away because yeah. it was 1978. And right. It was a were, different yeah, world. Yeah. I mean, they were educated people, but they didn't know anything about trauma or the, the consequences of not getting therapy and not, you know, getting physical therapy and, um, you know, emotional therapy. So I really didn't start to have like PTSD. It really hit me when I was 29. That was the first incidence and it was overwhelming, you know, not able to sleep, sleep apnea. It really destroyed a personal relationship that I was in my then boyfriend. And so it wasn't, and it took me a while to find out because even therapists I went to, you know, therapists across the board aren't equipped, you know, you need someone specifically who knows how to deal with this kind of trauma. So it actually wasn't until I was 46 where I really identified it when I had a really, really bad bout of PTSD that was overwhelming that um, made me suicidal. Um, And yeah, the flashbacks were daily. They just gripped me. Like I could not function. It was just a constant kind of newsreel reliving the events, but I needed to go through that process and get through the other side and just get it all out of my body. And I have to say it was combination. And I kind of figured out my own, what works for me. And so it's a combination of finding out more about Ayurveda and what that could provide for me. Yoga, which is a, a module in your Ayurvedic journey as when you train, um, there's sister sciences. Um, meditation, same thing for that. Like, uh, you know, regular traditional therapy and just, you know, being anything that de-stressed my body, my mind, my spirit. And it's been a journey, but I am literally enjoying the best mental and physical health of my life at, you know, at midlife. You know, and I think that it's so important that we understand how it does live within us. And even if it's a trauma that you maybe don't remember, like, so for me, when I fell on the ice, I I don't remember the fall, the actual fall at all. It happens so fast. And then I was unconscious for a few moments, but your body remembers every like micro millisecond of that incident. Um, And, you know, you, you were 12 when the incident happened and it wasn't till you were 29 and then 46, like that's important to understand because you can all of a sudden have things coming up and you're just like, why am I acting like, like like, what is going on with me? And you might like not even remember the actual event that kind of started everything. And so I think that's so important for people to understand and not even for yourself, but like, if you have children, like in your case, your parents didn't, you know, bless their souls. They, they just didn't know what to do. They didn't know you needed help. And, and so parents listening, you know, you know, your kids and when things happen and things change and they're not acting the same, like something's going on and maybe you can help, you know, dig deeper into that and figure out what's going on with them. Yeah. Really to speak to the parents out there, I think the natural instinct is to protect your child mm-hmm. and you that if they're going to relive trauma, that's, that's the worst thing that can happen for them. So going for therapy, talking about it openly, 
Um, I, I, I understand that that was my, the, my parents, that was their inclination to think, no, let's just pretend, you know, like let's, it didn't happen. Sweep it under the rug. Yeah. yeah. And I think we all pretty much know that for anything, whether it's, you know, something as traumatic as what I went through or like, you know, a bad fight or, a, you know, failed grade, like you kind of need to talk about what's troubling you and getting it out because that only then can you move on from it and not have it be charged and affect your life on a day-to-day basis. So, um, but I, so that's what I would say, like, you know, it's, it's re- really important. It doesn't have to be a textbook therapist. It could be so small as, you know, just being able to bring it up on a one-on-one you know, whether it's a sibling or a parent or, you know, someone in your extended family, if there's someone who is available to speak and, and not just speak, but let, let the person be heard. That, that, mm. That's the major thing for me. It's that I was not able to, to be heard. And, you know, that's the most valuable thing is to have that space. And also, you know, it's a piece of your history. You know, our, our histories are good and bad. And so that's just a piece of me. It doesn't define me. It doesn't define my mental health, my wellness in any way, but it is a piece of my story. Just like, you know, the fact that I have brown eyes, you know, and I grew up in New York City. So, you know, that's that's my history. And I, I it's, a, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. It doesn't hurt me. Any, I mean, it'll always, it'll never be okay, if you know what I mean, but it's right. okay in that it doesn't hurt me every day. And it's the processing and getting out of the body. And, and I have had really interesting experiences in meditation where that felt really kind of spiritual. I almost felt like the spirit of it was leaving my body. Like I could process it and then kind of see it kind of go away, um, which is a really, really powerful and might sound a little woo for people, but I think that is the power of meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Beth, maybe let's talk a little bit for people who aren't familiar with Ayurveda. Um, maybe give us, you know, just a real Cliff's Notes version of like what it is. And like, like for me, I, I know the basics, like I know the bare basics of it. Um, so maybe share with us, you know, what those basics are and, sure. and how it can help. Yeah. So um, the word Ayurveda literally means life science, um, and it's been respected as a science in India for like 5,000 years, even though in Western culture, a lot of people debunk it and call it a pseudoscience. I'll just put that out there. Um, And um, because it is about nutrition and lifestyle and meditation and yoga, and I think that people who are pretty kind of black and white in what science is, like, you know, don't, don't, don't give it its due, but it's around for 5,000 years for a reason. And really it's a way to address just what we're talking about, body, mind, and spirit, and making sure that all of it is in harmony. And so there's a lot of very basic things that I like to say, like the word, you know, Ayurveda, hard to pronounce, easy to do, because (laughs) there's so many things in Ayurveda that are basic building blocks that people are already doing. You know, um, for instance, a lot of people know to eat kind of in the seasons, to eat fresh food that's grown in that season and not food that, you know, is from four seasons ago that traveled across the country in a truck and lost all its nutritional value. And that's like a basic tenet of, of Ayurveda, to eat locally, to eat seasonally, to have your largest meal in the middle of the day rather than at dinner. So you have optimal amount of time to digest. Those are very, very basic ideas. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really the, the bringing together to make sure that your body and mind and spirit are in sync and in harmony with the seasons, 
with your particular energetic profile. And the way we find that out is by something we call the dosha quiz. And it really identifies uh, the three doshas, which is um, vada, pizza, and uh, I'm losing my mind. I can't be, and kapha. I'm a kapha. And there I go. And kapha. And, um, and it's really, so generally, you know, we give you kind of an intake questionnaire that really addresses uh, long-time health issues. And then kind of in the short term as well, something that's particularly plaguing you. And from there, I can make an assessment of what your kind of like doshic profile is. And then I'll prescribe kind of, um, kind of stay away from the word prescribe. But I will suggest, um, you know, herbs that work for you or, uh, or um, herbal form- formulations, oils, dietary changes, uh, sometimes it can be really simple. It's the way that you're combining your food or what time you're eating something. You know, for me, like I found that the Ayurvedic way worked the best that, you know, I've always had digestive issues, which I really think are a manifestation of, P- of PTSD. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, our gut and our skin, that's where the trauma tends to live in those two places. And um, and so for me, you know, eating the heavier meal, meal of the day, you know, my big meal is has really been helpful to me routine is a huge part of Ayurveda. So starting my morning kind of with a tongue cleanser and like getting kind of that residue from, from sleep and from food I ate the night before, you know, just doing that when I brush my teeth and doing a little self-care, which I think we're all have learned about self-care during this horrible period of our, that we've gone through that is how important it is. So I do a little bit of a self-massage um, I use something called a Kanza wand, which is amazing for helping with wrinkles and just getting the stress out of your face with a little Ayurvedic oil. And it sounds like a lot, but it takes two minutes to do these things. So having that routine set up, um, I drink a certain tea, which is really, really good for digestion, CCF tea. And, and yeah, it's just, it's putting those little small self-care rituals in place that just set you up for optimal health throughout the day. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think in, especially like with Ayurveda, it sounds really overwhelming. It sounds like a lot of things you got to do. And, you know, you just start with one thing even, right. And start building it into your daily routine and then adding from there. And like you said, it's really not that much. And like, I know I have my own routine, you know, every day as well. And you just start doing it and it just becomes like muscle memory and you just do it every day. Um, so it's, it's not as time consuming as some people like, you know, anticipate. And I think that's often an obstacle for people is they just feel overwhelmed and then they don't do anything. I agree. You know, it's, it's that with, you know, meditation, with yoga, with starting exercise practice, it's making the time, but these are tiny, tiny things that you can, incorporate into your day. And also it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. I'm not going to come to your house or have you show me like a video of your refrigerator and tell you to throw out everything that you have that's processed. But I'm going to suggest that you'll feel a lot better if you cook your own food and that you use, you know, seasonal ingredients and that you largely, you know, eat vegetables and that you really have balanced meals and that, you know, you eat less packaged food, but again, incremental, you know, incorporate cooking. If you're not cooking and you're doing a lot of ordering out and you're doing a lot of, you know, quick meals that you prepackage things, pick a day a week where you're going to cook with your family or your roommates or for yourself. Like when you start doing it and you start to feel better, you just want more of it. 
I mean, I know that for myself, as soon as I started to feel better about my, my personhood, like, and about my place in the world after feeling so depressed, you know, suffering from PTSD, the more, the more you want that it's really, it's really addictive to feel better. You know, and you touched on something a moment ago about your intestinal issues and how you felt that they were related to your PTSD. And this just came up the other day in a podcast as well. And I recommend anyone listening to go back to one of my early podcasts with Dr. Maggie Yu. And she talks all about how our emotions um, and our feelings can cause disease, right? Um, and, and they manifest in like our gut issues or headaches. Um, so it's really important to pay attention. People just especially when it comes to the gut, people just want to write it off as I ate something that didn't agree with me or, or, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, your body is telling you something. And I don't know what it is about the gut that it's the hardest. Cause I think people know they have to change their eating habits and it's hard. It's hard to change your eating habits. Um, but yeah, do you want to talk to that a little bit and, and how Ayurvedic ties in with that? Yeah. So a, a basic building block of Ayurveda is um, digestive fire, which we call Agni. And so having that digestive fire like alive in your body and not stifled and not like bogged down with like food that like produces kind of like waste, like a lot of mucus and a lot of like backup and a lot of like places of blockage in your body, that 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 is what leads to disease. You know, we never fully digest a lot of the like like processed food, you know, it lives in your body. Like it sticks to your tongue, it sticks to your intestinal tract. And like having that build up in your body really causes disease. So being, you know, eating fresh food in clean food, eating food that you can easily pass through your system is really, really important to make all the organs, you know, function properly and to not have that like, like slushy build up in your gut. Yeah. It's, um, you know, your gut and your brain, you know, it's like having a second brain. You know, yeah. it, that's, it's in your, 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 your mind is so controlled by it. And I know that like for years I was like, you no, know, you go and get diagnosed. And it's like, oh, you know, if you look at the list of, di- of uh, digestive disorders, it's, you know, massive. It's like 25 different ones. And they're all kind of the same thing. You know, you're just not processing foods properly because your emotions are stifling you. And so, you know, and we know ourselves when you say stick sick to your stomach, you know, all the time, it's an expression for a reason. It's always when something mm-hmm. terrible, traumatic has happened or something you need to face. So um, it, it, that connection is 100%. So if we, if we keep our minds, you know, clear and happy and focused, you know, the digestive health is going to be, is going to follow. So definitely that is that connection, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately I feel like traditional medic medical doesn't acknowledge the gut issues. Um, they don't take it as seriously as it should be taken. They just like are so quick to prescribe like, a um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the heartburn relief. Um, you know, they're quick to prescribe the antacids. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> they're quick to prescribe antacids, which actually are detrimental to your gut health. Right. And, you know, there's so many natural options out there. Um, you just have to have an open mind and be willing to, to work with it. 
Yeah. I think a few things, you know, people just want instant relief and they yeah. also, you know, they want that quick fix. That's the way Western medicine is designed and that's the yeah. way it's been sold to us. So people want the quick fix. They also just like, let me be done with these symptoms and not bother to address the root causes mm-hmm. wherever they're coming from. So it's just like, oh, I feel better. And just the idea that you like, hey, I can't really digest dairy, but if I take this pill, I can. Why would you want <laughs> right. to? Like, right. yeah, why would you want to? If it's not, if that's, if your body's telling you it's not good for you, like, why would you just want to mask those symptoms and keep putting the bad thing in your body? So, you know, but that's, that is the way it is. And also I have to say, like, what's really depressing to me is finding out how much like nutrition isn't really important to the medical education. Yeah. And that seems really wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nutrition um, is our foundation of our body. It it's it's what, what makes us run. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's one of the things that I really love about Ayurveda because like in Ayurveda, like food isn't like, like a prize that you give yourself, like reward yourself with, you know, like, or a consolation prize when you're sad, you know, like it's not that it's nutrition. Food is mm-hmm. medicine and that's a huge part of it. And so, you know, there are a ton of, we have a ton of supplements. I'm not going to say we don't, but, but food is number one. That's, that's the key. Um, and also you, you have to be a little patient. It's cumulative. You know, when I started taking ashwagandha, which has gotten some, some um, traction over the past year, it's gotten, it's having its moment. I like to say, because more people who don't know about Ayurveda are finding out about it. So when I had taken that as a de-stressor and I take it every day, when I first started, I was like, okay, I don't expect to be, you know, daisies and puppies tomorrow. It's going to take some time. And so you have to be a little patient with yourself, but the benefits on the, in the long run are, are, are enormous. And you know that you're not putting poison in your body. Yeah. Yeah. So important. Um, I know you wanted to touch on as well. Um, you had brought up an article that was recently published about, um, uh, sexual assault survivors and their risk of stroke. And I would love for you to share that, that little fact with our listeners. Yeah. Um, so in the, in the last fall, CNN published an article where, um, that released, there was a study that was released, um, where, where it's been found that survivors of sexual assault um, and sexual abuse over time at a young age, which, you know, which is my story, um, tend to have a high risk of stroke um, in later life, um, which was a really depressing thing. I was like, yeah, mm. sexual assault is just the gift that keeps on giving here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I was like, I'll just like sit here and wait for my stroke to happen. Um, but it's good to know. I mean, apparently the, and here's another perfect example of, you know, you know, mind body connection, because, you know, the stress of it and the PTSD that we're living with causes plaque to form, you know, on our brains. And so, you know, it's good to have that information, the way you find out about your genetic profile and you find out, you know, for instance, we have a, you know, the BRCA gene mutation in my family, which, uh, you know, for predisposed to certain cancers, and so it's important to find out those things. So you take some more preventive measures. So, you know, I was already leading a healthy lifestyle, but it's just a reinforce for me how much I need to be de-stressed on a daily basis. So I don't create situations where I can, you know, that would, would be a trigger. So 
it's a really important thing for survivors to know, you know, and then you just take it with a grain of salt. Doesn't mean you're definitely going to have a stroke. Doesn't mean you're necessarily predisposed, you know, as on an individual basis, but we do have a, a high incidence. Yeah. So interesting. Well, Beth, thank you so much. This has been a really great conversation. Um, and I just want to make sure we have a moment to mention your website, which is sanghanyc.com. And there is a clickable link in the show notes. So wherever you're listening, you can click through to find that. But Beth, tell us a little bit about what they can find and how to work with you on your website. Oh, yeah, thank you so much. So basically, you know, I do nutritional counseling and lifestyle counseling. So, you know, if you contact me, the first thing you do is do the dosha questionnaire. And then based on the results, you know, I'll, I'll do the free assessments and then I'll, I'll give you kind of an overview of what your dosha is and, and some, some handy tools for leading a healthier lifestyle and some places where you might be falling down. And then if you want to work with me, I'll work hourly. I'll do it uh, virtual and then in person for people who live kind of New York, New Jersey area. But we do, did virtuals all through COVID, still doing virtuals. So I'm happy to do them. You can do single sessions with me or you can hire me for the month and I will do a complete um menu plan for you. I'll do, we'll do weekly sessions. We'll do on the phone. We'll do Zooms. I'm always available by email. Again, if you live kind of in the New York area and you want me to prepare a month's worth of meals, I will do, we'll, we'll work on your menu and then I will deliver the food to your house. Amazing. Yeah. And then um, I work with Neurogam. And so I do bespoke products with them. I sell certain um, medications that um, for me, it's very personal for me. So I do, I, 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 work, I sell only things that I or a family member have personally used and gotten results. Cause I always say I'm my own best advertisement. So I have a small line of products that you can buy on my website. It actually is expanding a bit. And then we also do web around, um, we do webinars. Um, we're starting, we stopped for a while, but we're starting back up and really we're going to be looking at a lot of ways that people can get themselves ready for the next pandemic, but also like flu season and how we live with COVID and keep ourselves as healthy as possible. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, Beth, thank you so much for being here today. Such great information you shared with us. And um, just thank you for taking the time to be here. It was really my pleasure. I love the work that you do. And, and I'm really grateful to have this time with you. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode. Please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you are listening to help others on their own wellness journey discover this podcast. Also, if you are enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it through a Patreon membership for just $5 a month, which is about the cost of a cup of coffee. That's patreon.com slash Amy Zellmer. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.